Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hey team, so on the morning this podcast was recorded, me and Ellie were essentially having a discussion and uh, we were talking about a few things that were real to us in the moment and that were important and it it opened up this opportunity to have a discussion around boundaries and courage. Now, it, it was a great opportunity and we saw that so we decided to, to just record on it and see what happened. So here it is. So we're going to talk about how to set boundaries. We're going to talk about how that looks to us now. I think this is definitely something we're going to come back round to um, because it's evolved for both of us. Um, throughout our journey and uh, I'm sure it's maybe a question that you've been asking and um, I think it becomes very clear to us that if we if we don't set our own personal boundaries we can live in a world where frustration comes up a lot frustration um, at ourselves for not doing the things that we know that are right by us and uh, so it's a biggie it's an important one and particularly on the alcohol-free journey however far along we we feel that we are or happen to be this is something that's going to be really powerful so yeah if you get impacted by this or touched by this then definitely please do go leave us a review it's so so helpful and we we love to see that we'll see you in the facebook group we'll see you in all the normal places and for now i'll leave you with me and ellie hello lovely people right we're going to have a very well it's i guess it's topical because me and ellie were having a chat about some things that are really important to us and how sometimes having the courage to set boundaries um and listen to what our body is telling us is 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 difficult but it can be a really really uh powerful thing to do so so the example that we were talking about I, I was sort of sharing and we both were talking about that we have certain things in coaching that are really important to us so we both really love people being in the moment and feeling the connection and if if people aren't fully there immersed in that if they're kind of somewhere else or if they're like having phone alerts going off or any of that kind of stuff, it it can distract people and take them out of the feeling. And very often it's in the feeling where people have insights and realizations. And, and there are times in coaching relationships where, you know, I give an example from my world where I don't know, someone might, um, someone might have a lot of other stuff going on in their life, but I think being, getting uncomfortable with them and saying, look, it's really important that you don't have any distractions while we're on this call together. This is your time. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a bit like, uh, you have to be quite, what's the word? Um, strong Ballsy. with that. Ballsy. There you go. Cause it's true. It is a sacred space, right? It's a really important thing. Um, so yeah, it was a, but then we, mm-hmm. and then we, we saw so many links to the alcohol free journey. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we thought it would be a great discussion to have. Yeah. It is a great discussion. It's an important one, and it's ruth- ruthlessly practical, as you say. Yeah, there'll ruthless. be some r- ruthless practicalism at the end, <laughs> or somewhere <laughs> in between. Who knows? It's interesting that you just said about it being a sacred space, mm. because I think that you could argue whatever space you're in is sacred, right? And we we have this wonderful inner guidance, this this divine wisdom that's operating. And we, we have 
like that that is there for a reason that is guiding us moment to moment and we're either connected to that and we're in the flow or we're not and all of these opportunities in life that for interaction with others or even just being with ourselves you could argue that they're sacred and if we're not in that flow if we're not tuned in then we're doing ourselves a disservice and it can often feel intensely uncomfortable and and then interestingly enough when we feel intensely uncomfortable what do we do well we're not used to turning towards that and going inward we're used to trying to find a way to get the hell away from it as quickly as possible Mm. And it's numbing and and or buffering or all of that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's um, every you're right. Like, how could how could it not be? Every every moment is sacred in that sense. They're all they're all special. They're all like we're all here as consciousness, experiencing life unfold. Like, it's wild, right? We kind of forget that. I think there's something really um, powerful to be seen in that. Um, I think it was. Um, I don't want to get it wrong. I'll have to have a look in a minute to see if I get the quote right. But, you know, when I, when I eat, I eat. When I sleep, I sleep. When I read mm-hmm. my email, I read my email. You know, that is the when we're fully, fully in the moment and, and in the presence of stuff, then that's that's really powerful. But I guess for many of us, the thing is like when we're <laughs> doing our email and eating a sandwich and standing on one foot and feeding the dog and, you know, then it then it becomes harder to remember. It's still sacred, but it, but actually there's this once we have the remembering of that, sacredness then we can carry that into any anything as you say mate and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be comfortable right it might be a really really very uncomfortable um experience but it can still be um yeah i guess i mean let's use that word why not sacred special deep you oh, know? i like it yeah. i like it because well, because there's a level of honoring right there's honoring what's in front of us and a removal of any kind of judgment of something being better than or worse than any other experience because there there isn't anything to judge it just is and we have a choice moment to moment how we meet life how we show up for things and i know and 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 this is a journey right this is happening in real time but i know that this far along being alcohol free like that that was the opening for me to make that connection back with myself and to realize that i have everything that i need within and to get a sense of what's true and then want to touch that more and more frequently so yes we are going to get lost like there are times where i'm standing on one leg feeding the dog doing the laundry yeah all it's of, not a judgment all of that. the above <laughs> um yeah. but those moments like you said those moments are still sacred uh but it's it, it's kind of this nod to uh just to honor like the full breadth and depth of what we have to experience in this embodied life and you said this before we came on the fact that we always have the opportunity to choose and we and, and not just choose once but we can always <laughs> to, to use our special 
t-shirt phrase choose again yeah although we don't we don't know if we're allowed do we but anyway that good, was that the, we were slightly worried about we George didn't know if someone, we didn't know if someone had it <laughs> yeah. but also to to bring this back into like a tangible thing that someone might be able to because you said i've gone off somewhere. no no i think we've both been a little bit what's the word um well like with this so like imagine that you're standing in front of somebody right and they ask you to do something and you get that feeling now this feeling is very clear to me the feeling of no i don't want to do this um and and it tends to come with kind of a i don't know i just know it i know it and for years and years and years and years i didn't do anything with that in fact i did i repressed it i not i did a lot Mm. with it I, i kept it down and then i and and what tend to happen what tended to happen was i would then do the thing that I thought was going to cause the less discomfort to either the person in front of me, or I wanted to present myself in a certain way or whatever it might be. Right. Um, and I'm not like, that's to me now, I now see that in, in those moments when they come, when I'm conscious enough to notice them and I see there is a courageous choice, which is being, is honoring who I am and just saying like, do you know, no, like, actually, I don't want to do that. I, I don't think I'm going to be, committed to that I don't believe in that or I don't want to go to that event or whatever it might be I understand that in the moment the person standing in front of me or the people might actually feel uncomfortable they might feel annoyed uh mm. they might get really really pissed off and bop me on the nose it's not out the question at the end of the day but I I, I accept that because I also know that when I'm when I'm being myself and when I'm saying whatever I'm doing whether it was saying yes, saying no, whatever, based on my wisdom and my gut and and that, you know, the job of how it's received is not up to me. Like all, all I can do is say my truth and 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 that's it. You know, then I end and the other person begins. Mm-hmm. And and very often, even if people do get pissed off or whatever in the moment, they, they come back around and they say things like, I really respect you for saying that, or yeah. thank you for being consistent. Because in my experience, if we don't do that, and if we're currently, if we're constantly, innocently defining who we are based on what we think other people want or don't want to feel, then in that process, we lose ourselves. Um, and I mean, I felt like that. I felt like a ghost for yeah. a long time. Like I wasn't really there. I didn't know what I stood for. In fact, I did, but I was pushing it down, right? Mm. Yeah, it's it's that misunderstanding like the as you said the innocent misunderstanding that this this isn't going to cause any harm this is the yeah. this is going to cause least harm this is this is the easiest choice but there's a difference there because it might feel easy in the moment but that doesn't mean that it's not causing harm mm. and we're all i think we can just just be um i don't know uh drawn away with that there's that phrase that came up in coach training, and I use it quite a lot in conversation with people. The idea of easy now, hard later, or hard now, easy later, and that really struck a chord with me because I'd got myself into all sorts of situations throughout my life where, for an easy life, it's like, oh well, I'll just. <laughs> capitulate I'll just give in here but the issue with that is that it's not the harmless choice because the harm that it causes internally is significant and that accumulates 
So when you don't listen to yourself and you don't trust yourself and you consistently abandon yourself over and over and over again, that that has a big effect. And that's, you know, for me, one of the, not on the face of it, like I wouldn't have joined the dots and it, oh, this is why I drink. But certainly at a deeper layer, that was one of the reasons that I was drinking because I, I became really disconnected from myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't feel that the things that were important to me, my own needs, my own desires were important. So mm. there, there is there is harm, and not just to us as individuals, but then there, 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 there can be harm to others. So if you take that example that you were giving of like trying to avoid discomfort in the moment for somebody else, trying to uh, ensure that somebody is um, okay, but at the cost, the expense of ourselves, then what happens? Well, it breeds resentment, right? So you're in relationship with that person, but if you've given yourself away and, and consistently give yourself away, then you're, there's going to be an undertone of resentment and that's going to build and like people feel that. Even even if it's not overtly through behavior, like that energy has an impact for sure. Yeah, it seems to be, and that seems to be true over and over again. Like if you think about um, a coaching relationship or a teaching relationship, so if the coach doesn't actually stand up for the things that they believe, so I'm currently being blinded by the, the autumn sun, um, doesn't stand up for the things that they believe in, in that moment, they may actually, and if you think about it, ironically, not be uh, create helping their, that, their client to have the best space for them so they can make the most progress and see the most things. So, and the same is true is te- as a teacher. Like if you want your kids to always be happy, I mean, I think this is probably a, this is every teacher's story really is like, you know, you think, oh, I'll just, I'll just befriend them all and I'll, 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 you know, I'll I'll put the old Sam spell on them, and then after a year, you're like, "Fuck me, I'm I'm having some rules. <laughs> Time for some boundaries." Um, yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think we often look at one side, which is oh, the path of least resistance over here, which it will make sense to us until something else makes sense. By the way, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think the the way of changing any of this is like getting all you know, berating ourselves and getting annoyed at ourselves because, oh, you did that thing you didn't want to do again, Sam. Fuck's sake, what's wrong with you? Like, why you're never going to be able to set boundaries. No, it's being loving to that person before you and understanding, well, well Sam was just doing what made sense to him and now a different op- opportunity has opened up. And, and on the alcohol-free journey, it seems huge to me because often when we take alcohol or any substance out, we we regain the ability to recalibrate back to those feelings. And the moment we yeah. start doing that, the world changes and it seems to me that it's really worth knowing that up until the point where you give your high quality no as i call it or 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 whatever it is that you happen to say up until that point the only thing you're actually feeling is your thoughts you know so if you're getting a bunch of feelings about what this person might think or what they might feel or what the future would look like or they might get angry or they might go away and say this about me like none of that's actually real that's all being generated by thought in the moment and often that is enough to freak us out because we think it's coming from the future. We think it's real, right? It's a, it's a brilliant illusion. It's a wonderful trick of the mind, right? But it is not real. And so 
very often once we do that thing, courageous enough to do that thing and stand up and give the high quality no, we get a real shock because none of that stuff happens, right? Or some of it, or, or that person might turn around and be like, they look at you and they go, oh, right, yeah, fair enough. Good for you for saying no. Or whatever mm. you know it's mind blowing it's amazing what can happen that's worth knowing that's really worth knowing that you're not feeling what you think you are you're not feeling the other person's feelings you're not feeling the future the only thing mm. you're feeling is is the narrative the story that's being generated in your mind at the speed of light in that moment mm. Mm. Um, something that just came to mind while you were talking there is like and i hear this so often with people it's like but i but i can feel what other people are feeling oh this is so a big whole, one yeah so and, and i don't want to hijack this podcast on that but let's let's say let, let, even if you could even if you could feel somebody else's feelings and and so what and so what what about your own feelings what about you and your connection with yourself yeah do you know what i think is at the core of this and i know that we teach a lot about this on our programs and it's insights about who and what we really are because if you know that you're pure consciousness if you know you're okay if you if you know that and you know it to be true for you and you know it to be true for other people as well mm. then you know that they're okay right they might be in a moment of sadness or something might be swirling for them they may have been in years of depression but you know that at the core of their being they're totally okay they're perfectly all right now if you really know that not just intellectually know that if you've had insights around that it will change what makes sense to you because here's the thing to consider right who are we to say what someone should or shouldn't be feeling, right? Now, as as we said, this is, and I mean, we hear words like empath and, and look, I'm not denying, anyone can have any, any experience. We can have the experience of being empathetic. And I believe it's possible to pick up on the moods of other people. It seems to me that out in nature, you've only got to go and observe, you know, when you see like wild animals and they and they sense something and the hairs stand up on their neck. Like we have this ability to sense what's going on around us, right? But like you say, mate, that doesn't mean that we, it has to be like, you know, like Atlas pushing the rock up the hill, that we have to take the world's responsibility on our shoulders. Our responsibility is to love people and be there for them and trust and know they're okay their responsibility is to have whatever experience they're having. Because the truth is we may innocently invalidate something incredibly important that may be fucking painful. Let's get real. Like if I were given the choice to go back in time and take any of the darkness out of Mm. my life when it came, would I take it? Absolutely not. Why? Because the only reason I'm where I am, the grist for the mill, as Ram Dass would call it, is because of all that shite. And there's no, I'd never wish it on anyone but there's no way I'd take it away from me. And and if someone had tried to do that, one, they couldn't have, they couldn't have done it until I was ready to see different. And two, it's, I don't think we're not broken. Mm. We just need to realize that we're, that we're whole. Like that's the thing. So it's a, I love what you said. It wouldn't even matter mm. where the experience mm. was coming from. Mm. It's not our job to carry all that. No. No, it's not. And and that making that choice, that decision, is another act of courage, another act of radical responsibility. Yeah. Because it's not how we are taught, it's not how we're conditioned. So this take this takes some um what's the word? It takes some efforting in in that no it's not efforting it takes some intention it doesn't need to be 
efforting. It needs to be intentional. And the wonderful thing about the alcohol-free journey or the sober curious journey is that you've got so many opportunities, so like so many, including looking back at how things were a bit like you've just described. I said this to somebody the other day. I, you know, I was talking about some of the wonderful opportunities that presented themselves in my twenties to travel. Like I love to travel and I wouldn't say that those um, opportunities were ruined, but they certainly lost some of them through drinking, mm-hmm. you know, taking customers out. And like every every occasion was uh, laced with alcohol. And I was reflecting on them and these specific places and different exciting things that I got to do. And wow, wouldn't, wouldn't that have been different? And it wasn't a, oh, I wish, it wasn't a regretful, I wish I could change that. But it opened up capacity for, wouldn't it be really exciting to uh, re- redo those things? Not redo yeah. them because it would be entirely different now. But we can, you know, we, we, we get to create our experience in our lives. And when I was looking back on those times, like I, just as you said, I wouldn't even even the most painful things. I wouldn't change any of it. It would like it wouldn't make sense to change any of it. It had all of it had to be exactly as it was for me to be exactly where I am now. And I love this idea of allowing other people to have their own experience and their own pain and their own suffering, and allowing them to continue to generate their own experience without interfering. Like we don't need to interfere in other people's business. We Mm. can be there to be compassionate and to support other people. But I I know I've talked about this before, but that like, look at it with my kids, you know, like you, you don't want to see your kids in pain and suffering. Absolutely not. But that's not about their pain and suffering. It's about how it how that feels for me, because they need to have their own pain and their own suffering to be able to grow. And the last thing that I want to do with my kids is teach them that I know better than they do, because I don't. They know themselves better than anybody, and I want them to. That oh goodness, it's like. To, to see as they grow and and it's kind of it's kind of spotlighted for me I think at the moment because of the age of my kids but you see certainly like I feel like I see this um change in them as they as they become more disconnected from who they are and they start to you know they're going to school and they're trying to conform to the rules and regs at school and they're trying to be a good social pack member and all of that sort of stuff. And you, you see the con- the conditioning start. And so for me, I want to reinforce to them at every opportunity that they can trust themselves and they should trust themselves above anybody else at any point in time. Yeah. And, and it's really important, especially with kids, you know, none of what we're saying is like, obviously, if you think your kid is going to hurt themselves, like you, you know, you're going to, you react, you protect them. 
right? Mm. In the sense of like, you know, when it comes to physical harms and things like that. Right? So we have to be trusted by our wisdom on this. But I think actually in a lot of ways, our society has some, it actually innocently does the opposite. And it's innocent because it's a level of understanding thing. Um, you know, if you take, for example, the kind of like, um, you know, leave, it's hard, isn't it? I think it was on a, was it on a Gabo Mate podcast the other day? He was talking about, um, you know, this kind of idea of, ah, oh, you just, if you find out your kid's being bullied, you like send them to go and deal with it kind of thing. And you like, you're sending them into the lion's den and they may get trauma from that. Or there may be, so it's, so, so this is not to say that like, there aren't times and places where we step in to, to, to protect our kids or our friend, whatever it might be. What we're talking about here is the, hmm, it's quite an interesting distinction to reflect on, I guess. But it's the psychological safety element rather yeah. than the physical safety element. It's knowing that it's knowing that the moment that somebody sees through the thinking that they've had around something, the whole thing can collapse in an instant. So someone may have been, I include myself in this, living under a certain belief or or whatever it may be, thinking it was real and solid, not mm -hmm. realizing that all I was seeing was my lens on the world. And the moment my lens changed, I was like, holy moly where did that even go wow look mm -hmm. at that and and i think the way that we broadcast that is by broadcasting to everybody our kids our clients at work whatever it may be you're okay you got this you know i've said this before but sid banks used to say you know when he was talking to psychiatrists and psychologists you know you you talk to your patients as if they're already well because they are like underneath some of the thinking and stuff that's going on they're they're okay and if you know that they'll hear that and they'll they're much more likely to to heal if they mm. if they if they're around somebody who knows that they're okay and mm. that's a courageous thing to do and you can broadcast that all the time so it's not that there's like a set of prescriptive things that you need do or need not do but actually yeah i think like you say buddy there are times in life where something happens and and it might be shit and someone's going through an experience and the most powerful thing we can do is just be there yeah without trying to change it or fix it or like it's let's be honest it's a lot of the time if someone comes along and starts it's annoying <laughs> what's annoying when <laughs> like if someone comes along and is like oh, oh, you're all right you'll get over it don't worry like do that, do that. <laughs> I totally mis misread you then. I thought you were saying like when somebody comes along with their pain and suffering and you're like, God, you're so annoying. I know. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, I mean like, isn't like it's annoying when people try and like, you know, I used to get in trouble for this. Like I used to get, I think I've said to you before, like, you know, stop fucking trying to power of now me, you bastard. Leave me alone for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Just because, yeah, yeah. it's, seeing through it is the most powerful thing you can tell someone that they're living in a thought generated stuff and i'm like when i don't see it when i'm in the snow globe i'm in it i'm in it until i'm not yeah and that, that's what i think our only responsibility is helping to create the right environment and that goes back to something you said earlier on about knowing where you <laughs> knowing where you end and somebody else starts because then we don't, mm -hmm. we don't then start to get into other people's business, other people's stuff. And as, as you just said, it's, it's not, it's not that we're not with others. We can be with others without abandoning ourselves, and we can 
by being, um, I don't know whether detached is the right word. I suppose it's been detached from the outcome. It's that that space of allowing and allowing for uncertainty, but backed up by that that knowing, that infinite knowing of okayness that we we can allow things to play out as as they are and protect somebody else's experience. So you know where we started with everything's sacred, right? Well, everybody's experience is sacred. So allow them it. Don't trample all over it with, you know, good intentions, but yeah, well, I mean, people may, and this is the thing, like someone's wisdom may guide them to come and knock on your door and say, hey, like, I'd really love your your perspective on this. That might be amazing. That's very different when it's been requested or when it's been asked for. And I mean, I know that we were talking about, you know, the numbering thing of like, you know, do you yeah. want me to know? I, I think you'll, I can't remember them exactly, but, you know, is it number one? I want you to just listen. You know, is this a one, two, three, four? Like, I want mm. you to just listen, number one. I want you to mm. listen and just have a conversation with me. Three, I want you to listen and, you know, advice or try and help me out. And then four, you know, this is too big for me. Can you can you take over? Which may be mm. something to for kids. Have I got that right? I tuned out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Total honesty, I just tuned out for that a second because so I was thinking good. of something. <laughs> Do you know what, though? Good on you. That's another one. That's well, another one. <laughs> That's it. But that's the kind of thing. I could have just thing. said yes, couldn't I? Call bullshit on yourself, though. It's great. Because the thing is, if you're in a conversation with someone, and trust me, I freaking know this, ADHD brain, like a zone out. And then I'll have to be like, Robin, I'm really sorry. I have not been listening for a minute. I've been looking at that Whiplington, which is a cross between a Whippet and a Bedlington Terrier. If anyone else is absolutely amazing. Whiplington, <laughs> so good. I've been looking at that dog over there for the last hour. Um, last minute could have been <laughs> Just staring at dogs. <laughs> but the thing is, if you do that, like, I think that's important. I th I think people are often, the first reaction that people have when people do things like that um, is often like, what? Oh, and then, oh, I, I really respect that. Thank you. Um, and I think, look, I, this seems very real to me. It's been said by many, many spiritual teachers over the, year and it's, uh, over the years, and it seems very true. And I'm probably going to, say it in a way that's nowhere near as eloquent as as many of these people that have come before us right but ultimately there seems to be this idea that we all need to put every all the put everybody else first go out there and give and 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 etc but actually if overnight everybody actually looked inward and started being true to themselves and started doing what was right for them overnight the world would just change like so much inner pollution would be cleared up so much so much confusion would disappear. There'd be so much more transparency, so much more kind of like authenticity. It, it would just start flowing. So I don't think selfish as a word, I think is a little is loaded and I don't think it's healthy always. Say doing what's right by you and trusting that, even if there's the potential that it might make someone uncomfortable or, or whatever it may be, I don't know what else we can do, mate. Do you? Like, what else can we do? Because if we don't do that, what else have we got to go by? The only experience we're ever in is ours. Mm -hmm. The only wisdom we can ever be guided by is what's feeding through us in the moment. So if we move into trusting anything other than that, we're not connected to who we really are. Mm 
We're not connected to self. We're not connected to truth. And look, I'm not saying that we might not make mistakes. And sometimes we listen to the, we think we're listening to wisdom and we're actually listening to ego or, or whatever it might be. But that's a yoga. That's that's a flow that we learn through life. And that's, as it seems to me, it's the only thing we have. And if everybody started leaning into that, it would change the world in a, in a blink. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was listening to um, Diego Perez talking recently and he was saying about this time that we're living in. It's just such a a wonderful opportunity for like collective healing because there are mm. so many different modalities, so many, uh, like we have access to so many teachings, teachers, different um you know, we've got Eastern traditions. We've got uh, new uh, new science in the West. Like we, you know, or, or the culmination of all it. Like there's so much, and so whoever you are and wherever you're at in your own journey, you, that there, there's going to be something somewhere for you. You just have to have the willingness to go and look for that first breadcrumb, but then that's going to take you on to somewhere else. And just as you said, the, if, if everybody chose that instead of trying to fix all of the stuff out there, like the, it would be a really different place. But I think that that collective raising of consciousness is happening, like how you would ever quantify it, God knows, but God knows. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it really doesn't matter if you end up wandering the wrong path for a while. I mean, I've taken a wrong turn so turn so many times, and it's not necessarily that it was even wrong. It just was just a turn. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I sometimes use this kind of um, analogy, metaphor, whatever it is, of like you know, if you're trying to on the alcohol-free journey or whatever journey, right? If you imagine you're in the middle of a maze, you know, what often most of us do is we leave the center of the maze and we run into a wall, right? Because we don't know where we're going, and then we beat ourselves up. And some of us go back to the middle of the maze and like, I'll never make it out of here, right? But the thing is, if you know that you run into that wall, you go, well, there's one wall done. <laughs> then mm. you run in another direction, hit another wall. That hurts. It's uncomfortable, right? The natural kind of you start beating yourself up. You go, no, it's okay. I know it's not down there. And then you may accidentally, innocently at some point, run back into the same wall, right? Because you didn't realize you were running into it. And you'll be like, oh, shit, this path leads to this one too. Huh, interesting. But at some point, unbeknown to you, you will turn a corner and you will run out into an open field and you won't know it's coming. You won't be able to predict it because you can't see out the maze. Like 10 walls are just as, you know, you, you know, you can't see one in the same way that you can't see through 10. And then suddenly that final bit will fall out. You'll run out into that field and you'll be looking around you and you'll go, well, fuck me. I didn't know that was around the corner. Mm. And that's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. Failing running into a wall, whatever language you want to use, however you want to talk about it, it's not really what you think it is. It's not what you've been it, making it out to be in your mind. What if it was actually entirely different? You know, What if it was actually a step in the right direction with every single, how could it be any other way? And if you were lost in the maze for 25 years and then ran out into the open and you were like, oh, now I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life here, versus not even knowing you're in a maze or being frightened to make the same mistake again or go down the wrong path or, or run into the same wall again and then therefore ensuring that you're not going to 
you know, you may make a lot slower progress, et cetera. It just seems to me that it's, it's all, um, it's all there. We just have to keep trusting, keep taking action. If we realize we've made a mistake and we keep doing it with love and compassion and we keep doing the best that we can. And, and, and if we realize that we would do better now, we'll then do better, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but don't get at yourself for not doing better in the past because you couldn't have done any differently because we're all, we're all doing what makes sense to us with our Mm -hmm. current level of understanding. The moment that shifts, different things will make sense to you. Mm. Full Mm. stop. That's it. Mm. I feel a bit lost in your maze. I wasn't expecting to go to the maze today. The maze maze. Well, we're in the, you're in the cornfield now. You ran out the other side. Mm. Might've gone back to the safety of the maze. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing that we do, right? We often, that's, that's, that's true. We do that. Mm. Yeah, we do. We do. But it's what I was thinking about when you were talking is how, like, what else is there to do? Like, there isn't anything else. That's such a great, there's a book by Neil Donald Walsh, Walsh, Conversations with God. My face has gone completely white out. I can't remember. He's having a, whatever you think of the book, whatever you think of the premise of the book and whether you think it's right or whatever, or whether he's actually having a conversation with God. There's some incredible discussions in there. It's a one, it, there's some really interesting things to read. And at one point he says to God, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like, you know, okay, so if if nothing in the outside world, if no amount of material wealth or sexual whatever or any of this is ever going to bring me true happiness, you know, what's what's the point then? And God's like, well, there's there's nothing else to do. You're, you're, you can protect, you can make as many different games up and think of it, but ultimately you're the universe. Like like Ramda said, you're God in drag. Mm. You're all <laughs> you're just <laughs> appearing in different cloaks and, and experiencing mm. it in a different way. And it's up to you. You can create whatever you want to create because thought mm. is an incredibly wonderful, powerful energy. Mm. Mm. You know what we need to have a conversation about? We need to get some kind of um, guests on to help us and have a conversation about reincarnation. That will Dalai be Lama. I'll send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> See if his holiness is available. Um, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, somebody. we'll see what we can. I'm sure we could do that. Oh, that's that's cool. Look forward to that. We've got a bunch of really exciting stuff lined up. Mm. We certainly do. I'm very excited, mate. I don't know how long we've been. Um, I feel like we've oh, it's we interesting, it. right? To tie a bow on it, as I have started saying, we it's sort of one of those ones where I guess we've come full circle. If you're standing in front of somebody and you're and it's setting a boundary or doing what's right by you. And you notice the opportunity to follow wisdom and do the thing that seems right, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it needs courage, you know, take that, see what happens, see what happens on the other side of that. Um, Yeah. In my experience, it's one of the most amazing things that we can start doing. High quality no's, high quality yeses, high quality I don't knows. Mm. As long yeah. as it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, don't know why I did all this weird shit. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Please go and watch the YouTube edits of Sam's weird hand dancing. You know, it's normally you, isn't it? Oh, crap. That business. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel like we've missed something out of this, but may- maybe it's another conversation. 
Uh, in terms of what, just so that we can, what, what do you feel like has been missed? I can't remember. What do you think it's going to come to you? <laughs> That's brilliant. How do you think you're in a knowing saying this isn't, this isn't done? Yeah, it's, this it isn't is, done. It isn't done. It isn't done yet. Yeah. Yeah, but that's true. okay. We can live in that. Yeah. So, yeah. There'll be another opportunity. Soon, one would imagine. So sooner than you may think. <laughs> <laughs> right, team. Before we descend into some waffling. More hand. More waffling. Actions. Yeah. But, um, yeah, awesome. I, re- I enjoyed that conversation. I think there was I think there was some cool shit in there, potentially. I don't know. You have to let us know. Let us know if you think there was some cool shit in there. And have a wonderful week. We'll see you very soon. Laters. Taters. In a while. Oh, You're going to want me to say oh, crocodile. Mate. You've done it now. I really can't believe that, that Ellie Crow missed that cue for crocodile. I mean, there was a. it was so obvious. I thought we could uh, finish each other's sentences by now, but clearly I'm wrong. Okay, have a wicked, wicked week. As Ellie said, it does feel like there, there might be more to this. So if you'd love to come and ask a question or, or to come and request a little bit more exploration, come do that in the Facebook group or send us an email or whatever makes sense to you. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome week and we'll see you soon.